I've never not been drunk and near a mime. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative Lieutenant Podcast, brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. I'm a bit tired from the drugs Mum gave me. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else that takes tubs fully clothed. It's Mark. Oh. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we're revisiting a Jack pick, uh, which we've actually reviewed for the website before, but never on the podcast. It's a long time ago. It was. We are watching 2014's The Babadook, and we will dive all the way into that real soon. And here's your fair warning. When we do, we're going to spoil the nonsense out of it. And if you like the podcast and want to support what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror. That's A-T-O-Z horror. And there you'll find all the sweet benefits you can get from being a patron and uh, how else to support the cast. Benefits that include voting on who wins or more accurately, who loses beers for fears every week. And then what movie the loser has to watch as penance. Most recently, that loser was... Hold on, there must be a mistake in the numbers here because it says that I lost most recently mm. and that can't be correct interesting that doesn't sound right i don't that's uh, how democracy well, works we'll have to figure that democracy out. prevailed uh yeah but uh notably this is not a democracy our patreon because somebody's trying to bring a coup yeah someone no someone good. and you know who you are out there needs to stop fomenting insurrection please <laughs> yes define foment <laughs> uh instigate none of you will be insubordinate nor will you foment insurrection question if we've already fomented insurrection, may we be grandfathered in? Define foment. You define foment. <laughs> I thought you were going to like uh, do the full quote there from the office, but that's fine. We'll move past it. Currently, the patrons are voting on what beer I have to watch as penance. Uh, but What movie you have to watch? What did I say? A beer. Jesus you can watch Christ. plenty of beers. It's been a very long day. It's okay. It's been a very, very long day. It was day. an important note to call. It, here's, cre- it sure was. I, we're off to good start. It's been a very long day. Yes, it Take has. two. Go. <laughs> no. No. No take two. But every week is a new opportunity to shine, so we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears, and I'm going to go first because I... Today, found myself in a situation of having delayed the cast, having to pick an emergency beer on the way home. I may or may not have paid for it. I didn't actively steal it from a place that you have to buy beers from, but uh, let the listeners figure that out if they can. I am drinking a Mirror Pond Pale Ale by the Deschutes Brewery because it was the first one I could grab. And because dealing with grief is really a reflection of yourself, you have to stare deep into that mirror. And uh, that's the only way to, to come out on the other side okay with grief. Holy shit. Yeah, you weren't expecting that. No, that's you? not a holy shit out of like it's not a that was deep thing. Uh, I'm also it's tr- better than I was expecting when I saw <laughs> you lay this. It's on the a table. holy shit because we're witnessing what is possibly the biggest phone job from Jack so far on the podcast. No, he's Rainier phoned it so many times. Well, okay, and I did have to come up with that argument in the time I was reading the intro. Yeah, it was a very so. it was a very good <laughs> impromptu sort of. Yep. smush it together but now i also have a room temperature syntax uh peanut butter stout by mother earth brewing that jake you said would be a better beer than well Mirror i didn't Pond? expect you to have as good of a tie-in with this beer okay because um I, I no one here is really being taxed for their sins no, but this it's is, like dark and you know 
It was a dark and stormy night. Okay. Sure. I cool. I'm glad I was. I mean, I mean, you weren't in a good spot. I was I, just that's trying true. To I was panicking. I sure. wasn't a full on panic. Yeah. I mean, they did. They did have sex. Uh, the lady and her husband to create the boy, uh, which is a sin, obviously. And then uh, you know when they're driving to the hospital, Mark, that's you specifically when they paid her the tax of the husband's death. So I. I believe that married sex to produce a child is the only kind of sex that isn't actually a sin that that literally isn't a sin um i mean why don't we we should just be safe and just no one ever have sex i think that's probably the best way to do this i think that's what the bible says i mean yeah, don't, don't yeah i think that is true don't pork don't thou pork. shalt not pork thou shalt not pork <laughs> <laughs> so mark help me out here i'm in a, i'm in a full-blown spiral you gotta save me what is your beers for these fears what are your beers is your fears Help. <laughs> that was a garbage sentence. <laughs> Mine beers is, uh, first off, I have a Feeling Hazy uh, double IPA from Two Row here in Salt Lake. Uh, that one's sort of self-explanatory. Most of this movie yeah. is about, uh, help me out with her name, Elsie or something like that. What, who's the, what's the main character's name? Sure. Mom. Amelia. Amelia. There is it, it is. That was yeah. kind of close. Emmy. Emmy. Sure. Emma. I think Elsie is the actress. Okay. That might is be that accurate. No. Essie. Essie is the actress. Oh, God. There it is. Okay, we got there. Uh, this movie is mostly about her feeling hazy and going through fugue states and losing time and, you know, random hyperlapses of time as it passes. Uh, the other thing, this is a this is a foreign film. I think you guys will agree. I'm drinking a Falsta's. Is it an oil Aus- can? Australian for beer. It's an oil can. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Barely an oil can. Yeah, it's not like the 32-ouncer. It's not the proper oil can. It's still a No, but it's can. substantial. I mean, I have a hard time holding it in my tiny hands. Yeah, this is a half-Australian, half-Canadian movie. We'll dive into that later. Neither American. Jake. That's the important part. Yes. What are your beers for these fears? It's funny. I went to the store uh, just assuming I would find and use the best possible tie-in with a hate title is hazy something or haze something hazy little thing hazy, hazy little, little thing something. mind haze, a lot of haze. fresh haze. Like, hazy none of them well we don't have that here none of them worked uh but i did find a beer that i think is actually better now that i have it i'm drinking a hop <laughs> now that i'm defending it i yeah, think it's better i'm drinking a hop noxious imperial ipa this is obviously a play on the word obnoxious and yep. this movie might feature the most obnoxious child i have ever seen in my days we're gonna get into that and I'm going to do you one more. This is by Sockeye Brewing in Boise, and uh, I would never do this because he's a child, but really the kind of kid you just want to sock right in the eye. <laughs> Yikes. That bastard. Wowzers. I said I'd never do it. You want to know something else that's weird? I was looking at this label. This is an Imperial IPA. You can see this. I can. Uh, on the side in the small print, this label says German-style golden ale. <laughs> a German? Wait, why? <laughs> what? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's called typo or misprint or it was on You've the other You've got a collector's item there, dog. It. I think it's on all of the beers that Sockeye produces of this style, Jack. Holy shit. You should write Wait. an angry letter. See if you well, it's, in, like, it's on one batch at least. At least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's called a template that they didn't update fully. Wowzers. Whoops. Good work, Hey, while we're Sockeye. talking about looking at labeling and stuff... My beer has two servings in it. They do the serving side. They do the serving information for one serving, and then it says servings per container two. No, have beers. you ever seen that before? No, it's a. It's my a, beer doesn't have a, serving size or calories or any of that. Just the alcohol. A beer is a serving of beer, and it doesn't matter the size. Well, I'm having two servings of this beer. That's guess, because legally. you're in Utah, and they want to make you feel more sinful. I somehow I doubt Foster's makes a specific can. Oh, that's for the Foster's Utah. can. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. The Australians are weird, man. I've never seen serving size on a beer. No, me either. Yeah. Well, it's there some weird Australian this, this, thing. The serving size of this can is two. 
That's a bigger ca- Okay, this is all making more sense, and I don't want to belabor the point. But too late. Drink too late. <laughs> We're moving can, on, boys. You can transition we are now. Moving on. Give me, give me a butt with as much aplomb as the first one. But okay, thank drinking you. Drinking beers is the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. We've also watched some other shit in the horror world, including. A movie that we all were required to watch by the patrons because somehow for the inaugural Who Lost Beers for Fears, the answer was all of us. We all lost. Uh, yeah, which that again, was by makes the, total sense. The same cheater that's fomenting insurrection also caused us all to lose by vo- voting multiple times. So Is we'll, that allowed anymore? Uh, I haven't. Let's say no. You are aware that we can look at the results and remove said duplicates. I think we're going to have to. We're taking drastic measures. We're full on censoring this guy. You know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. The sledgehammer's coming. The patrons chose the movie The Headhunter for us to watch, which, Jake, you actually just recently watched. I'd anyway. already seen it. Yeah. It was a very nice was an choice, easy guys. I also, I haven't seen the other two, but I feel like it was probably the best choice, regardless. Yeah, so I really liked this movie. Yeah. Holy it's shit. Pretty nice little horror movie. We're going to try real, we're not going to spoil it here, no. obviously, but uh, Mark, you watched it as well? You were able to do that? I sure did. Yeah. This movie is like a lot of Westerns. Gets a real Western vibe, like a No Country or a Jeremiah Johnson or even like a... There's almost no dialogue in this movie, is what I'm saying. No. Dude has like four lines. Oh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. There's like very, very little dialogue in this thing. There's almost no dialogue. Yeah. So it's even more so than those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark, what did you think of it? Because you're not as much of a Western guy. Yeah, that's why I thought... That's why I chuckled. I I thought... I mean, it was fine. It was an okay movie. Uh, It didn't floor me, but it's, it's great. Uh, it's a very, uh, like you were saying, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a very visual movie. They have to do a lot of work. It's kind of like Dark Souls or whatever, like where mm-hmm. you kind of rely on the details of the world to tell the story that's actually happening. And I mean, granted, there isn't like a huge amount of story here. Basically, this movie is like a 15-minute chase scene that's surrounded by world building. <laughs> yes. 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 If, if, you, um, if you took away all of the, like, major plot elements from Skyrim and only focused on side quests, yeah. that would be this movie. You know what's funny? When this came out, I, bo- I saw both. I saw <laughs> it's all com- radiating quest lines. Yeah, I saw a comparison to Skyrim, and then I saw the jump on the bandwagon of, like, Game of Thrones had just finished, and it was like, you want a horror movie that's like Game of Thrones? Here you go. Well, if this is not like Game of no, Thrones. No, no, yeah, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but this is nothing like Game of I Thrones. I don't understand how that would have been the case. This is a lot like the uh, the new Coen Brothers movie uh, on Netflix, the new Western, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. One of the, that's a uh, anthology movie, right, with the five different segments. One of the segments there is about a prospector starring Tom Waits, and this is... This reminded you of that? This is almost identical to that. In terms sure. of how much plot there is, and it's it's mostly just visuals. I guess I can and, see what you mean. I guess I can see what you mean. Interacting yeah, yeah, with yeah. his environs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a whole lot longer either. Yeah, no. I mean, this is a seventy-five minute movie. It's yeah, fantastic. I like I like the tightness. Uh, I I like what Mark said too, and I I think that's what I lean most heavily on. Being a little bit more distanced from it now is like this is a very low budget movie. I don't remember the budget now either. Low, and they make everything look pretty good and they hide the things that they can't make look good in a respectable way i think and the way they show you the things that he's doing off camera don't feel like a cop-out they do feel like a narrative purpose which is interesting yeah i just thought it was intelligently made yeah absolutely from the dude that made which one was it thanks killing thanks killing yeah somehow uh now on the patron cast i want to dive into a little bit more spoilers because i have a legitimate question about how this thing ended sure uh, many uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it among uh, among other things yes for yes, patron we will. members yes we will cuz we're recording that right that after being this. said i think we can all give it a quick thumbs up 
Yeah, this is definitely worth a watch. Now, Jake, you said you spent like six bones to watch this thing. Well, I that was like two weeks ago, so I probably got fucked. Yeah, I kicked it at two ninety nine to rent on standard mm, def. Nah, oh, I didn't do standard def. Get the uh, fuck it's, out it's of now, here. It's now it's now four ninety nine to rent, rent HD, okay. and I would I'd give this a thumbs up, but I would say wait until it's like normal priced. I don't I don't know if this sure. is worth the premium extra dollar of yeah, the yeah. experience. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, it was a great. It's visually stunning. Yeah, yeah. So. Fantastic. Enjoyed that a whole lot. That is all I'm going to talk about for this week, because uh, I see what my next week looks like, and I want to save the other thing I have. So, Mark, what else has been <laughs> rocking your horror world? Okay, I okay. I have uh, four others to talk about. But Jesus. Shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so first things first, since I talked about it last week, I watched Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, it's Baghead. Yeah, the Baghead one. Uh, it's been a long time since I've revisited the first films of that franchise. I mean, I've only seen, I think, the whole thing once of all of the individual like episodes other than the first and Jason X and Friday the 13th, 2009, the one we reviewed last week. So I wanted to go back and take a look at this one, just kind of get back in the mode. And I had been reading a bunch about like where the remake reboot whatever it's you know supposedly covers the first four movies and just wanted to reacquaint myself with what happened individually between the you know first four movies uh and this one still stands i love the original like group you know they still had charm they're they're fun they are charming well to be clear i mean listen to our review of the 2009 one that one has charm too yeah but this is much more uh pardon the double meaning here but this is much more campy fun yes you know this is a very much of the time of 1981 or whatever. The the costuming is ridiculous. The stunts are dumb looking. The even the film quality sort of matches the overall like timbre. Two must have come out in like 84, 85, huh? Uh, no, I think two came out 81. I, yeah, it was earlier than that. I don't know. The really? Year. I I feel like it's hard to make a movie like that anymore. Yes, I don't now feel like you now can do you, that. There's no way you can make this. You can't be so disconnected from reality that you think the thing you're making is like serious, but it comes out sure. like this. Sure, exactly. Yeah, Mark, you really, you really need like a Tommy Wiseau type thing. Speaking of which, actually, uh, the Gracefield incident definitely needs to be on our short list of movies to talk about. In oh this boy, <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Mark, for the record, <laughs> loath as I am to admit it, the internet does say 1981 for this flick, so. There you go. Fallic. So yeah, I went back and watched this. I just rented it on Amazon. It's 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 relatively cheap. Uh, for some reason, this is like the only one that's not freely available elsewhere. Like one you can find, two you have to rent, and then three through eight or whatever are all available on Amazon Prime. So I don't know. Bridge the gap if you want to get back into the rest of this series and just rent this one. Well, in two thousand nine, is apparently available on Netflix that I didn't know five different times. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to start sending carrier pigeons to your That's house. That's a real I'm gonna problem. Start, no, no, no. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start putting angry notes on your neighbor's door about where the movies are available. That'll get my fucking attention. Hey, let's... <laughs> uh, the uh, other movie I watched, the other one I'm going to talk about since it's in the same vein, is uh, Sleepaway Camp uh, from 1983. Love Sleepaway Camp. Do yes. You, do you? Uh, it's fucking weird. It is, I I went in blind. I knew it had like a bit of a cult following, and I was like, "Oh, okay, oh you this is... you didn't know why, did you?" I didn't know anything about this movie. Uh, yeah. It's on Amazon Prime, listener. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything here. This is one of the strangest viewing experiences I've had in a long time. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Profoundly I'm, uncomfortable. I and... l- love this flick, but I have never seen it in any kind of state resembling sobriety. 
and, and as just an additional note, I watched this. So we've had a roommate who's staying with us as he's doing a rotation in medical school. Um, and like the first week he was here, I was like, oh, we're watching a horror movie. And he's like, oh, I like horror movies. And I was like, come join us. And then we fucking watch Sleepaway Camp. Nice. So. And he's like, I don't want to hang out with you now. <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, I'd like to stay in an since. Airbnb, please. Just next, <laughs> yeah. just invite him. Be like, hey, you want to watch another horror movie? I've got a Serbian film. <laughs> I have martyrs? not that those two are similar. Let me just. I have clarify. high tension. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh. Yeah. So I don't really want to get too far into the spoiler if spoilerish na- nature of that one. Um. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's free if you have Amazon Prime. Those are the two things I'm going to say. It's a very weird movie. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Is that all four? I feel like you've said two, but you said I'm, four. I'm just going to go with two, and then I'll keep oh. it rolling. I like, oh. to have, okay. I like to keep a few in the holster, you know what I mean? Well, then don't come out of the gate with you have four and berate me for only having the one. So, Jake, yeah, help us out here. Mark didn't help me at all. He made it worse somehow. So you did one, kind of. He did two. Can I do one and half? Sure, I guess. I, I'll, do the, I'll do the half I don't like the narrative first. that's been developed around this particular eh. uh, rocking horror world How segment. about eh? Fuck you. I'm going to do the half-ish one first, and that's it's it's a half because it's not a movie. It's a documentary. I like watching these sometimes, though. Uh, like many of the documentaries that I watch that are genre-related, I found this one on Shudder. It's called Killer Legends. This is exactly what it sounds like. It's people going around the U.S. diving into various legends so, like, and actual- their origins and what le- they're, they're, the general theme here is that they're all things that movies have been made about now are these supernatural are these actual killers like what are we talking about uh well how about i just tell you what the five segments are that sounds good uh the first one's cropsy we all know what cropsy is fucking love so they all have like a a, it's basically like the the listener might not though by the way huh the listener might not say what cropsy is so cropsy yeah cropsy is like the jersey child stealer killer thing but then there's the the common thread here is there's a kernel of truth to all of these and that's what they dissect is like the supernatural urban legend type origin and then what the reality is of it and then the tie into film so it's kind of an interesting trifecta uh but that's cropsy the, I'm just going to whiz through the other four and okay. give some overall thoughts. They they did The Town That dread, Dreaded Sundown, which was the like hook for a hand killer yeah, yeah, down yeah. in Texas. They did Candyman, which is not what oh, you would shit. think. Uh, yeah, unless not- you know a lot about can- like Candyman, which is more a legal thing than anything. Uh, they did The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. The call's coming from inside the house! And then they did Clown Pedophiles to finish it off. So they did John Wayne Gacy. They did Gacy at the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> they did Gacy at the end. It this was and Gein getting no respect. Yeah, they didn't have any Gein in here. Th- this was this built momentum as it went. Uh I wasn't sure of the format at first, but it got more interesting as it kind of I figured out what its shtick was and how it was approaching everything. The part that I was most interested in was I didn't know a lot about the candy man in the sense that in how they presented it because this is like the dude who like took out a huge like uh, in life insurance thing on his kid and then poisoned him with a pixie stick yeah fuck it's fucked man yeah that was really that was really wicked uh how did they do the tie-in with the movie they didn't really tie that into that movie they were like hey there's this movie called candy man 
There yeah, we're tell you something with this. this was the this was kind of the one that was uh an aside from the rest of that format. But you get what I mean. That's that's kind of why I was taken aback by it because it was such a curveball in what its reality was. And a lot of these have multiple movies, like the babysitter and the man upstairs, there's a number of movies out there in the genre that have taken that core and then perpetuated it. So it's I an interesting love that one that came out with like Hayden Penetary or Britney Snow or whoever that was. That's no, you don't. Movie. No, you yeah, don't. I do. no, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Dude, oh, that do you really awesome. think he doesn't? Do you really think he doesn't? I bet he actually does. He actually does. It's a good movie. I'm making you guys watch this. It's a, it's it is. <laughs> congratulations. This is now the <laughs> next is now on my movie. list. This is now the next lost or just the I next actual is. review movie. No, thank fucking Ah. <laughs> I was going to say we don't let him pick, but we do. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about my other movie, the actual movie, this time, now. Documentaries are movies, guy. They're kind of movies. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Is the journalism like worthwhile? Or are they actually investigating new things? Or kind of just Googling it and reporting the, the collection of the Google? They're, saying- they're on site. I wouldn't say that it's like gumshoes detective level. Sure. It's, re- it's, it's more surface level than revelatory. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Still I think cool. it's worth a watch, but only if you're kind of like looking for a movie or a, you call them movies, whatever. It's only if you're looking for a movie like that. Documentaries are movies. Yes, that's fine. I just like to think of them as separate from horror fiction movies that we watch. They are. I have to separate them. How about the Guys, horror fiction movie that I watched? Oh, I was way off. It was Camilla Bell. That uh, She's the one who Jesus stars in Winter Christ. Calls from I have no idea who that is, but I've seen that movie multiple times. Because it's good, right? No. Oh, okay. Because I'm a dumbass. I am going to jump in here and talk about my movie. <laughs> I'm also going to zip past this movie because it is going to be impossible for me to not spoil it if I start talking about it. It's a recent movie. It just came out. It's on Netflix. It's called The Perfection. I watched Ooh, it. Allison Williams. Uh, Yes. And what's her name? Yep. I just know Good. Allison Williams from it. I don't know. Mm, I got to look this up because she was the she was she stole the show. Logan Scarecrow, Browning. please. Logan Browning. I didn't need a scarecrow. Okay, I don't know. So maybe you did. Maybe I did. It's fine. Logan Browning was fucking phenomenal, and this is not a spoiler. Holy shit. I didn't know much about her. I guess she's in Dear White People, but I'm not sure what else. Uh, also extraordinarily attractive, so great. Um, This movie is going to have it already has i saw some articles about how like this movie's making people vomit like people are getting sick when they watch the perfection on netflix it's like that sort of bullshit yeah but those are so i saw that after i watched the movie can confirm did not vomit did you get close no the movie though make you vomit though like any one of the three of us that have seen hundreds of horror movies yeah would be i also don't think i would have vomited if it was like the most hungover i've ever been like when i watched enter the void i still (laughs) would not have vomited enter the void did make you vomit let me ask you this would you have vomited if you were watching it on your phone on some type of carnival ride potentially but probably not because of the movie okay None but of it has to do with the filmmaking. It's more about like the gross out factor, which to me is a part of the film which you are going to get from the trailer. You understand yes. what yes. it's doing from that perspective. Here's what I'm going to say at, at risk of spoiling this. This is a movie that you absolutely need to go and watch. As I've gotten further from watching the movie, I went from being really high on it initially to not being as high on it now, but it's still probably the most discussion-worthy film that is going to come out this year. Really? I think so, in a lot of ways. 
Wow. For, for, for a variety of reasons, and I don't mean that from, like, the most scholarly level. I think there's a lot to talk about here from a variety of places. Okay. So, uh, I recommend people watch it if they're into the genre. If yeah, you haven't already, Netflix. it's on Netflix, so just do it. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's interesting. It's not really what I was expecting. Is it like good and Suspir- bad? Give us a subgenre. Are you able to do that? Is it like Suspiria? Because I got a Suspiria no. vibe out of it. It's not really like Suspiria. Okay. Have you seen? Suspiria? Um, I yes, I've seen Suspiria. I cannot really do that without spoiling it. Okay. Wow. There is an element okay. of body horror. I'll tell you that, but that's in the trailer, so I'll leave you with it. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. If I add any more, it's spoilery. Go and watch the movie. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, we've been talking for a little while now about that, so we got to get to the feature presentation. Might as well. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2014's The Babadook, uh, which was a jack pick. Yes. And I was really excited to watch this again. It's been a while since I've seen this flick. How many times have you seen this now? Four or five. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Yeah, same boat. Same boat for me, too. I think probably I've seen four. it thrice. Yeah. No, I mean, this is probably four. Fuck. Yeah, so same amount as me. That's too many times. That's yearly. That's too this many is, times? No, well, this just is one of those yearly. ones. This is one of the ones that you, that you saw it when it first came out because it had great, like, word of mouth rep. Yeah. And then it was good enough and, like, deep enough that you were, like, when you had family over that wanted to watch a horror movie, you could throw it on, too, because they also had heard about it but kind of wanted to see it. And ha. then you just seen it twice since then, sort of? That's so funny, because this is one of the first horror movies I made my lovely girlfriend watch with me. Yeah, and so what does she yeah. think of it? I am curious about uh, that. Oh, she thought it was fucking terrifying. It is fucking terrifying. Okay, we'll get into all that. <laughs> okay. We will get into all that. But I picked this because this was like the second or third movie we reviewed for A to Z Horror.com, Jake, Told. when it was just like you and I, and we, we had that cool unique format of like written reviews that took a really fucking long time to do and actually yeah, it's listener, still pretty funny it's yeah listener if you go to the website you can read that old school style of written review where jack and i are talking to each other in writing and when i gave a shit about actually writing it <laughs> yeah now yeah, you, that lasted I'm, about four weeks <laughs> i'm half convinced you chose to review this movie so there would not have to be a written review and that's actually helping me out so thank you <laughs> Yeah, so it doesn't help me. That's not why I chose it. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe. That's what I just said. That's not what I just said, is it? No, I'm going to play back in slow-mo here. Uh, you though, don't so. need to. I already realized it. It's <laughs> okay. fine. Okay. But you should do it anyway. I like this the <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm half convinced you chose to read this movie. In any case, um, I just I just wanted to talk about this movie because we bring it up all the fucking time, but we haven't actually ever like analytically looked at it. Um, analytically yeah well we will continue to not look at things analytically i'd like to make that clear. i would like to see how this goes if we talk about this analytically <laughs> uh i've got a phd here uh guest special guest okay jake i'm, I'm moving the curtain here there's no one there there's no I'm one there. mr duke mr duke is here i kept i kept hoping there'd be an end to that bit if i just kept doing it and there wasn't yeah so... once again that doesn't work i was well. literally about to swoop in and do an accent so oh fuck i ruined it god yeah, damn it was it Jesus Irish? Christ. Was it Irish? <laughs> was, it tr- was it an Irish Tracy Chapman? Because that's my favorite accent. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Ah, oh, damn I, it! You I have to. You inhaled like it. you were gonna do it. There's okay. substantial like mental gymnastics. Just get I have your to do. pipes all lubed up. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. But Mark, you started talking about this earlier. This is a foreign movie. We should talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror it falls into. Foreign. Got it. Boom. Nailed it. I tricked him. 
I at least tricked him. Yeah, it's fine. I could see I mean, Jake's I eyes. Like, he wasn't going. Well, for I would, it. no, I was just going to bring you back. It's like not you're not going to escape it. There's a lot of podcasts left here. Sorry, listener, you're not going to escape it. Okay. Well, you know, it's been a while since I tried. Can, no, let's keep doing the award-winning segment for now. Let's keep supernatural. Ooh, breaking format. Well, I believe Never we did this before. like two times ago when you had a movie. You did the exact same thing. No, last time I expressly just jumped right into the. I said two part. times ago. Uh, well, yeah, then it, I probably this did. is following the exact same trajectory. But, but I might have actually tricked both of you. Same trage, Jack. Trage, if you will. I hate you. <laughs> you gotta know what your trage is. It's kind of supernatural, but that okay. also is I buy supernatural bumping up against another subgenre for that I don't actually know if is we actually have a subgenre. Well, we can add it. Allegorical? Jesus Christ. Because this is a I movie like about grief, like heavily about grief. I feel like that has to be a sub-subgenre. It almost do- certainly does. A sub-subgenre. Psychological. I don't think so. Psychological. You can have, if you, if, look, ride with me for a second. The allegorical <laughs> thing can go anywhere because it can also be like, a monster movie that's an allegory, like that random one about alcoholism. Like from a while the monster, ago, right? but so can a yeah. supernatural yeah. movie. Yeah, so can a supernatural. All right, kaiju all right. Could be about fair. environmentalism. Fair, like, fair, there's, fair. There's a bunch of. I stuff. think a lot of movies. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm arguing for you, Jake. I think allegorical should be a subgenre. Like the fact that there's crossbreeding doesn't mean it's not a subgenre. I think we should add it. I think we should too. Yeah. The one time it's, I want to add a subgenre, added. guys, Mark's it's been added it. for like three minutes now. Oh shit. <laughs> Okay. Mark, you need to add the fucking subgenre. I'm not convinced I could find that list if I looked for it. <laughs> it's our, in like our first folder. Click on content. It's in there. God, our folders are so fucked up. Let's have a bonus cast about that. About sure. Folder <laughs> yeah, structure. How to not organize your file Jesus structure. Christ. One of these days, I'm just going to change everything and wait until you guys notice. I think it will probably be able to I use it I will never better. notice. I've, I've, yeah. I haven't looked at I'll it. I'll be like, in wow, this was year. really easy. <laughs> Oh my god, it makes sense now. I know yeah. where everything is. Yeah. In any case, there's really no other subgenres. Of nope, that's fine. Time. I'm good with it. Yeah. Wait, um, adult what? fears. I'll yeah, it, and kind of a bump in the night. Bump in the night is not a subgenre. No, it should not. be. Old dark house. Is old a dark house. That fine. It's not that's an old the same fucking thing. The house is not haunted. It's haunted I'd, by grief. <laughs> I I don't allegorical. Know what the, I. <laughs> I don't know what the production status was on this movie, but I just wanted to read the aloud the uh, the exact wording of the subgenre that we have in here. Independent slash fuck you, Jack. This is independent. This is definitely <laughs> independent. Also, I don't think you could find us ever agreeing to put fuck you, Jack, on there on air. That was done behind my back. <laughs> Pretty sure it was implied every time you said independent for every single fucking movie. Well, this is independent. Yeah, it is. And... And fuck you, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. There you yeah. have it. You know. Now. <laughs> now you can do I a 30 second plus. I you motherfuckers to throw to me. Like, if you're going to let me break format. I'm trying. You- if, if we're going to let you break format, we're now responsible for getting you back on format. That's never I, going I to work. I certainly can't throw to myself. Sure you can. You certainly you are the host. That's the only thing you do whenever you talk. <laughs> All right, Jack. Now you have to do a thirty second plot synopsis. Thirty seconds yeah, exactly. are on the goddamn clock, and it's gonna start when you start. I'd like to just except let... I'm not holding the phone, so I don't know if you're ready. I'd like Both to just of let the us listener are holding know that I and are ready. Yeah, however, I pulled up a calculator instead of a stopwatch. <laughs> so not both of you were ready. I'm ready, it's fine. <laughs> A couple is on the way to the hospital when there's a car accident and the 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 
soon-to-be father dies and then the, she gives birth to the kid and the widow is struggling and the, the kid is doing poorly at school and everybody's feeling isolated and then there's depression and then they find a weird kid's book that ends up making them haunted by the Babadook but it turns out she might be the Babadook and then she kills the dog and she tries to kill the kid but the kid tells her it's okay and exercises the Babadook which was really just grief and then they keep it in the basement and everything's good time to feed it worms you somehow got 30 seconds as if you had your own stopwatch running over there. I know you didn't, though. You can see it. Yeah. And you started off, in other news, so slow. Yeah, I, uh, it was not going to get that. I was worried. I was on like a two and a half minute the plus. The first synopsis. five seconds were about how the guy died. <laughs> it takes less time in the movie. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that's. I think we have reached an unprecedented state where you actually spent more time than the movie did talking about a plot point in the 30 second plot. That synopsis. can't be the first time I've done that. That simply cannot be the first time I've done it. Certainly not the first time one of us has done it. (laughs) We've had 135 shots. But hey, we also, I got there. You did, Jack. Yeah, no, you 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 brought it back. You brought it back. Recovered from my panic. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really ever recover from your panic? That time, yes, that time. I'm kind of just in a constant state of panic. So, (laughs) Did I miss anything major? I don't really think I did. Um, you didn't mention how much of a dick the kid is. He's hopnoxious. So I have, I have. He's hopnoxious. I think I have incorrect thoughts about this because of Jake. What? What? Hold on. What explain your? Does that even mean? We'll get yourself. into it. We'll get incorrect. into it. Are you calling? No. Let's get into it right now. Why would we? If we punt on it now, it's never going to come back up. Say what you're trying to say. Choose your words carefully. <laughs> when mister. I watched this movie for the first and second times, I thought the kid was obnoxious. But to a normal level. Hmm. Then I started talking to this asshole sitting across from me, Jake. And he is adamant about how awful the kid is. Now he has to mute his TV and how everything, it's the worst thing ever. And I watch this again. It's not that bad. The kid is not that obnoxious. And I think my view is just being tempered by how much of an overreaction you have to it. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here. This is the first time I've watched this movie with you guys, right? Where I've talked to you guys about it. The, when we did it for the website, it was just you two. I hadn't come on yet. And I have the exact no. same opinion as Jake. That kid is one of the most obnoxious experiences of your entire life. So there are contributing factors that we aren't giving credence to right now. One, he's in Australia, so he has to wear those fucking school uniforms and make him look like Angus Young. Yeah, he's that's got an, an Angus Young vibe. additive yep. to that, that category. Two... Australian accent doesn't really help him in any way, shape, or form. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, There were only two. Okay. Kind of makes him sound whiny. I have two. Three. Three. I don't feel like, look, the kid is a, whatever, he's like eight, maybe. I don't know what age he is, but he's young, right? And I feel like the director probably just swooped in and was like, okay, so we can't really have you deliver like a soliloquy or anything in this case, so can you just like scream at the fucking top of your Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I make a clarifying point? This is getting into where we just need to get into the fucking back on track i am not saying what i think you think i'm saying i'm not saying that this kid does a bad obnoxious job i'm saying that this character yes is fucking impossibly obnoxious i think the kid does a good job of portraying that. an annoying kid yes if he's not like that normally and he did this then he did like a 10 out of 10 job oh yeah then he's a good he's he's good at that then yeah. he's a good he's a good <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we We're just firing get, on also? What does this movie what do right? What does the movie? Thank you. What does the wow. movie do right? I like how 
Jack just delegates the hosting abilities <laughs> to everyone else. Smart leaders delegate, Mark. It's true, they do. It's Ask true. Jake, he's a business guy. Yep, I know it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, hey guys, 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 the book. Let's start there. The, the book is a very good prop. It it's might really be the well best done. prop in horror of all time. It's Well, one no, of, let's not go. That's it's um, one of it's on the list. It's a pretty if good it's not, prop, dude. They made these pop-up books. They made these, like a short run of them, uh, and sold them. They made, like, I don't know, a few thousand of them. For, they sold them for like 80 bucks at the movie. Yeah, I, would I go really should have fucking bought one. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, they're really cool, man. I, I don't I, I don't know. It might be bombast, too bombastic to say it's one of the best in horror history, but it's super iconic. It definitely belongs on the list. It's a, it's a well-done prop. It, it's well done in the movie, but it's also very well constructed, and I'm happy to hear that they actually made it into a thing. Because that, I mean, that kind of brings it to another level that I didn't know about, but... Yeah, just the visual design of it and the fact that it's a pop-up book and, like, the actual actions that the characters... Like, when she slits her neck open and... Oh, so, 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 so. That's going to come up later, but those parts do not actually happen in the book. The parts where it breaks physics to... Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Hold on. Pause. Question for you. Jack, have you read the book? No, but I've read about people who have read the book. <laughs> this is this might the be first the first time. movie we've reviewed that has a book associated with it that you have not read the book. It's hard to get your hands on. You got to go to eBay, and they're fucking expensive. They're so expensive. Yeah. Last one I saw was eight hundred and thirty dollars. Ten X, man. Jesus. I, yeah, it's they're cool. I guess they have extra material in them too. Yeah, so, yeah. There's like yeah, more yeah. content. Well, because I, I think you only is. ever see like six pages in the movie. Well, but there's ad editions as it goes. I don't know. But even I, so, it's cool, though. like just the look. The, this is it. It blends into another thing the movie does right, which is the design of the villain, the Babadook, is fantastic. This kind of vague, yeah. like shadowy figure with long spiky fingers and a top hat is just a really like it's it's a really simple design yeah but it's really effective well it it, it, this is not a stretch but let's just this is noted it's in interviews all of that but what they did was they went back to like classic horror from german expressionism to like old school black and white british horror and they did that. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of which works well. in here. There's a which lot of works well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. it's German expressionism. It's old school black and white horror. It it is that incarnate. But there's and not a lot of movies that out of do that well in a modern era with no, modern tools. But you certainly. can lean correct. I agree completely. And I think I that, s- that yielded a really good monster. He had he had weight to him. Oh yeah. Uh, it. it I don't know. What, Mark? <laughs> the concept had weight. What the, I mean, the allegory had weight. I think he self-identifies as a male, so we'll go it with It all Mr. had weight. He Mr. calls Mr. himself Babadook. Mr. Babadook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His, his pronoun is Schlim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on top of what you're saying, I think one of the reasons that makes it so effective as a, as a villain is... I think more than I'm being we're getting back to the bombast here, but like more than any other horror villain, I've seen the Babadook in the shadows of my house like just just because it's basically just any. a hat with a coat underneath it's it. It's really simple. Yeah, it's very and like for the longest time 
we had a coat rack hanging just inside our front door and I obviously had to like walk through that area every time I left for work and when I when it was like dark in the winter and I'd walk by it all of my hats above all of my coats it looked like that every fucking morning yeah my my wife had the exact same take on it actually like where if you're getting up in the middle of the night you kind of have to actually like legitimately question whether or not you need to go to the bathroom because you got to walk by Mr. Babadook <laughs> Jesus awesome. Christ yeah and actually ooh ooh before I forget this is, this is another cool thing the movie does right, and it's not actually in the movie, but it's something the producers and director and, like, the movie itself did right post-hoc, which is, this is the first episode we're recording in Pride Month of 2019, right? Oh, the God. The first one we're recording. And this movie has become, like, iconic in the LGBTQ community for Netflix, very strange reasons. Netflix, like, incorrectly, like placed it as a tag so i've tried to i actually looked into this a little bit so there's there's two theories going around oh by the way fuck you jack me yeah because this has been on netflix for forever and now it's not yeah that sucks (laughs) yeah bad timing so go back to your netflix talk about i do i do happen to own this on amazon though okay so um well i don't humble brag this is a (laughs) humble brag this is a movie that apparently LGBTQ people identified with early on, and there's a lot of, like, good memes about how, like, he's a guy who lives in the closet and does a lot of shit for the drama and, like, dresses up in a hat just to, like, fuck with people. And so there, there's... Just because he looks nice. Yeah, there, there's, there's like, funny stuff in that regard in terms of stuff that predated Netflix's quote-unquote accident uh-huh. in terms of the, the LGBTQ So the accident community. might have been someone actually doing that and then working right. out for exactly. Yeah. So then what we, like, what I thought and what I think all of us thought was that... At one point, Netflix just, like, classified this as one of their LGBTQ movies. Yeah. And and then the, the filmmakers and the, the owners, the, the distributors of the movie were like, yeah, okay, fuck it. Yeah, the Babadook is, is a part of this. He's a gay icon now. Here, we're now releasing a new poster for this movie, which is, like, the rainbow poster and all that stuff. I they haven't even seen the rainbow fully poster. Embraced. It's, it's I knew pretty it was awesome. Like, I knew it became a meme. But, like, the funny thing is, it's all... <laughs> To take it to that level, realistically, you kind of have to get into the metaphor space that at this movie's core you're already in. So it's not that much of a stretch when you actually think about it. It's a weird <laughs> me- bit of mental circularity going on. I don't know. It's it's and, bizarre. And look, to be clear on it, I didn't I didn't see any of those themes no, when I was either. watching the movie. But what are you looking like when you watch a movie? Sometimes yeah, you I, get validated. That's not what I'm by, looking to identify. Yeah, with, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that not just a little bit problematic? I mean, I feel like it's great that the community has embraced it as like a symbol of, of of themselves, but also isn't it like resoundingly understood that Mr. Babadook is a symbol of mental illness, which obviously has a pretty iffy history pertaining to the diagnosis of homosexuality. Yeah. Maybe it's problematic in that regard. I don't know. I'm, (laughs) I'm letting this is, this is legitimately the first time I'm hearing about that. Yeah, that's connection. a connection. I had real, never heard that before. Thing. And like, had you not led with the LGBTQI community is cool with this, I would have probably. I, I would be very uncomfortable having this conversation. <laughs> I mean, it it is. It, it seems to be from from an outsider's perspective. Just fully like accepted any, into that. Community. Just like anything, I'm sure there are people that are cool with it, and I'm sure there are people that have probably oh, had your thought, Mark. Right. The the, the quote unquote community isn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is ever holistic. Right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, but a lot of people... No, they got together as a people. They voted on it. <laughs> it was unanimous. Unanimous. <laughs> they, they, and then they issued a statement. In any case, I just think it's cool that uh, th- this was purely happenstance, but it does yes. happen to be Pride Month, and we, we reviewed this movie that does occupy at least some status. Yes, that, that, is, movie, a is, cool. yeah. that is a real thing. That is a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but to get back to things that I noticed in this movie when I watched it, because that's not something I identify with and I'm too stupid to see a lot of the time. Atmosphere. Yeah. The fucking atmosphere of this movie is so oppressive. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and I kind of, I jotted that down more in like the, the set design, the props, all of that's really, really well thought out and well constructed. The lighting, all of it is well thought out and well constructed. And it gets back to what I was saying with like German expressionism is a really easy place to go with this. And it was obviously one of the inspirations. It's a noted inspiration. But to do it and to do it successfully, that's tip of the hat worthy for sure. But it creates an atmosphere, to your point, Jack, that is very unsettling. It's And it's it's so, I mean, it's it's reminiscent of, I'm someone who has struggled with depression before, it's so reminiscent of, like, what being in the middle of depression feels like. Just this kind of, like, ugh, haze of dark and bad and just... Uh, unidentifying everything that's going on. It's it's crazy. Yeah, one of the things that's kind of interesting about this is the like sincere lack of color they use. Until, it's a very it's a very bland looking movie. It's gray. In, until the end when well, they have then, the Babadook in the basement and then it's very even, colorful. Even then it's she, the rose she's growing is black. It's not like there's this vibrant That's thing symbolic there. too though. But right, the, but I'm what I'm saying is like the vibrant colors at the no, Indian but the, scene are yeah, like it's green it's, in the garden. It's by it's in comparison, there are actually leaves on the trees, whereas throughout the rest of the movie, all the trees have no leaves and they're dead. Uh, it's the table in their dining room that is too big for them in a like slight way, not even slight, but it's it's not hyperbole, but it's close. Yeah, if that makes sense. It's it's well, just too it big. didn't, but I know yeah. what you meant. Yeah, somehow. it's too big for them, but it's not outrageous enough to where if you didn't think about it a lot, like you might <laughs> you might not notice it. it it's th- not it's not Citizen Kane, but it is big. Yes, <laughs> yes. This, this is a movie that if you're not like paying all that much attention to, you'll notice something's off, but you might not be able to put your finger on why. It might like, take a few viewings. The, right. the shots are a little bit too prolonged. the The camera gets a little bit out of focus in some weird places and lingers on weird focus sometimes. But like, it's it's uh, fantastic in that way, and it's it, which rings it's, true for their overall theme of of mental illness or grief or whatever it is that it's supposed to be. Right? Like, it's just supposed to be. You're supposed to basically fit in, but same? just something's supposed to look <laughs> off. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and I think to that point, nothing the movie does right is. Essie Davis is the the lead actress in this, that Australian actress. She does an unbelievable job going like going from a haggard mom to fully disheveled to losing her fucking mind, like to actually possessed the whole time. And yeah, I'm she's she's a great lead. And we were talking we were touching on this earlier that this movie is inherently and you know, stay tuned for more in on this later, but this movie is inherently obnoxious and kinda hard to watch because of the content that they're trying to, you know, get out there. Yeah. But that is I mean, that is that bad thing is a result of a good thing, which is the two leads ability to deliver the shit that was given to them. I don't mean shit in a derogatory manner there. I mean just script. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and also then still be relatable when they need to have a sweet moment together so you're still hanging in there with them. Was there a yeah. sweet moment? Yes, there there are, there are moments between the mother and son. Well, certainly they, at the end. At the end, at but the even end, yeah. in the middle there, there's a reprieve. But it's still, I agree with Mark, though. It still does, it doesn't feel like a resolution. It still has this air of uncertainty to it, and it doesn't feel like the everything's settled. So Sure. Speak. No, absolutely. Uh, to me. I disagree with. Let's just get into the A to Z horror metaphor corner. Do here. it, do it, do it right now. 
because we kind of have to with this one, right? Let's let's just we already have touched on it, but obviously the Babadook has been critically analyzed many times. In fact, I rented this on Amazon, and the next thing up on Amazon when you search for Babadook is a video essay that is available for free if you want to watch it called the Mister Babadook and the Depression or something. I didn't find that particularly helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no, that video essay was hot garbage, and they use it's a, like a nine minute essay, and it uses like seven different songs for some reason. Um, wow, what, we don't need to talk about the video essay. Yeah, but I don't know why you're doing. The point that. is, this is a movie that's famous for being allegorical, and typically the the you know what is focused on is mental illness in general, or grief, or depression, or dealing with loss, whatever you want to call it. And I, I mean, the thesis point of this movie is that you can be fully healed but you will always have that scar you'll always have that thing that haunts you so like no matter what you've gone through in your life what 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 you're depressed about or what you're grieving for like that will still be in the dark reaches of your subconscious in your basement you have to pay attention to it every once in a while right you gotta feed it worms i don't know what why they chose worms but that part you gotta pay attention to it yeah or it'll like or it'll grow and fester and you know, mm-hmm. can come back. Make day. you want to mm-hmm. kill your son. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> well, look, to your point, Jennifer Kent, the director of this movie, who we haven't talked about yet, but she like yeah. wrote and directed this movie in yeah. the short upon which is based. She yeah. did a fantastic job with it. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, apocryphally, right, I've only read this in an interview with her, but she said she had to fight the studio tooth and nail to have the ending not be uh, her Happily killing the Babadook and just ending it and having right. a totally happy ending. Yeah, and she right, which is which is one of the things that has made this be like so, so emblematic in a lot of like mental illness type discussions is like you'll never be free of that illness. It's always so, you're just in remission, right? It's always down there. Yeah, you're abso- just, you've healed, but you're coping with. I'm it. saying I think that was an awesome fight for her to pick and to I win. Agree on. Yeah, and I agree completely. I agree completely, and I'm not trying to take away from. If you're not done, Mark, then rein me in, and I'll pop in in a nope, second. You you take it, man. I so this is getting close to what the movie does middle for me though, because I think we can all say that that is a great artistic decision and yes. a good thing I, to I exist I in the genre. I think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. However, like this movie being what it is is somewhat polarizing and difficult for people to put a finger on and get behind because it is such a off-the-wall sort of ending. It's an ambiguous and weird ending. It's both both of the things that people hate. Neither of those are universally pleasing, so that's going to be something that is somewhat tough. That's a tough pill to swallow for certain certain audiences. I agree. I, I, I think we all probably liked it, but I am not willing to say that I liked it without a bit of a grain of salt because it's fucking weird. And without doing a lot of extra legwork, even with doing a lot of extra legwork, you still don't really know. I mean, the ultimate thing about this is it's whatever it means to you and your own experiences. It's human condition type shit. So, eh. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I kind of want to jump on that because I have I have another thing the movie that does that I think. Yeah, I didn't want to go all the way there, but I just have to say that's getting to that's yes. bridging into okay. it. And I have another before we before we get into does middle, Jack, is your thing a does right and you're just couching it weirdly? Yeah, my thing is a does right that's getting us close to does middle because it does it right, okay. but there's one aspect of it that's middle for me. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna jump in here because I wanted to I wanted to talk about this earlier when you were mentioning your stuff, but it it is interesting that you had 
you had the like the whatever the design of everything written down as your thing. I had both editing and cinematography written down. And I think what we're getting at here, you mentioned it already, is this is a really really well directed movie. <laughs> that that's what all of this stuff ties back to. Jennifer Kent, aside from knowing exactly what her vision was, executed it extremely well. Right? Yeah, she slayed it. Yeah. So from the cinematography standpoint, you have two things happening. One, you have almost all the shots are at least at the beginning of the movie looking down on the two main characters, mostly at like the at, at the birthday party. It's very relevant. To, yeah. Like it's every single shot of both um, Amelia talking to her friends in the kitchen, as well as uh, whatever the kid's name is in the treehouse, getting berated by the Samuel. Yes, by that really like, Angus whatever, Young that bully. <laughs> Angus Young, right? But the whole point of that is that they're being talked down to because they're the mis- they're the misfits who are having to deal with this shit. And then that that then comes back later when everyone, the CPS agents, the police officers she talks to when she talks to them about the book, they're all just like very incredulous of her and it's just super condescending, right? And all of that plays into the fact that like at the angles they're talking to her at, it's literally talking down to her which is a really great way, and Sam, sorry, to both of them. And that's a really great way to convey Samuel. visually that they are, like, shrinking into themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the- um, be- Go. Beyond that, uh, the the editing Go. of this movie is really good at the lost time element, right? So this, this movie is edited specifically to make you feel like you, yourself, the viewer, are losing your fucking goddamn mind. Sure. Like, it's super frenetic. They don't have a lot of B-roll. They just cut yeah. between. It's almost. It's it's kind of Edgar Wrighty. It's it's like Shaun of the Dead, but less fun. <laughs> That's and yes, there's not like a bunch of rapid fire cuts like they do in that. But they just cut straight from action to action, and like they cut about five seconds after the action has already started. Yes, so yeah. you feel like you're just jumping into it, like you're just coming out of a haze, like you missed something. It took me a second to get on board with what you were saying, but now I understand. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah. But there's one instance of that where. I'm going to talk about later and what the movie does wrong. Um, I already know what it is. But the yeah. but the, the the last one I'm talking about is the sound of this movie. This movie has a very whimsical score, which I've shit on before. Like for the orphanage, it's certainly a choice. Guillermo, but but in this movie, I think that works really really well. Because Why? Because the children's book element, the children's book element, certainly. But also, they use it when the mother is being really really hopeful. They use this kind of whimsical score. Then it gets really dark, and then it's silent when the scary stuff is happening and when things are getting worse. I like there's, huh? I didn't pick up on that as much. So with so this it's one. it's really whimsical when they start reading the book, for example, and then when it's getting a little bit scary, it's a little bit of those like like scary scary violin sounds. But then okay. when it's actually fucking scary, there's no score anymore. It's just sounds. And I thought so. That the- you also you also have the score behind the like weird 1920s live action Cuphead movie sequence. <laughs> Where <laughs> Babadook <laughs> pops out of the weird coffin, and there's people in the stars and whatever. They you have a good score behind that. But yeah, to your point, as far as the scary shit and sounds go, like I'm a huge sucker for distorted voices, kind of no matter what. And I think honestly, the one that now that I've seen this movie a number of times, the scariest scene that lingers with me is the "Bring Me the Boy" scene, where yeah. there's like basically nothing happening, and it's just the silhouette of the father with a distorted voice saying. Yeah. Bring me the boy Bring over and over and over again. The boy. Yeah, very, very scary. Yeah. And 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 the other thing they do really well is the sound mixing, right? So even though the kid's really annoying and screaming a lot and screaming high pitched a lot, 
it's I didn't have to ch- change the volume on my TV. Like it felt right. It it didn't. I could hear when she's whispering and talking sadly and talking quietly. I could hear when the kid's screaming. Yeah. And neither one blew out my ears, and I didn't have to turn the TV up when they were whispering. Like I think that sound mixing is fantastic and underrated and really good. Yeah. That's a good point. There is a lot of. I don't. You wouldn't call it headroom. There's a lot of range in this movie from of lower volume to upper volume, and it's not. It's, I mean, you obviously have to like tailor your expectations accordingly, but it's not like you're saying it doesn't blow anything out of the high end. Exactly. But the reason this is close to what it does middle is because they use one particular sound effect six different times. Oh yeah, bring it. They use a stock sound effect six different times. This one. It's the sound of the Babadook screaming. And, Jake, I think you were with me when close to the first time I watched this, and I identified it immediately as the sound of Tommy Oliver's Dino Zord uh, from the Power Rangers. From I'm the trying to Morphin remember when this was. Power Rangers. Trying to remember when this was. So long ago. It's at Space Bar. Well, it was in, like, 2014. It's not that long ago. <laughs> this is one of those movies that's, like, almost getting close to being, like, it, to coming out when we had this operation. It's years in advance, but not many. Yeah. 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 And they you and, and I I thought I was right about it the first time, but I was kind of making a joke. Like, oh, they used the Tommy Oliver Zord sound. Yeah. I've now gone back and watched an extensive amount of Power Rangers for research. For research. I'm sure that's why. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's the exact same fucking sound. The exact <laughs> same fucking sound. Literally. Okay. This I that, that yes. And we I, all heard it, Jack. You, under, you understand that, that movie production in general has a rich history of reusing sounds like the Wilhelm scream see or the Will, Howie scream. See Wilhelm or that scream. one girl giggling or yes, whatever. I understand, but for the most part I feel like sound engineers use that if not to affect, at least as an inside joke among sound engineers, where there's nothing else going on, it's a background thing of like something you won't pay attention to, but there's the Wilhelm scream in the background, or that that phone sound, or the girl giggling, like that's and it's kind of just an inside joke that doesn't detract away from anything else. Yep. But this is the primary sound they use for the most active the monster gets in this <laughs> movie, and it's the oh, it's it's noticeable. It's it's a. And if you know what it is, it's got to be distracting. It's been used in at least one Godzilla cartoon, the and Power Rangers. Regardless, and it's a weird, yeah. it's it's out of place. It's noticeable, if, if not distracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Land Before Time used it as well. Really? Yes. Littlefoot, L- not Littlefoot. I know. Uh, during the attack scene on his mother. Okay. There has to be like a TV tropes entry on there. Are you just reading from that? Uh, no, Mark. So here's here's what happened. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> okay, yeah, I tried to confirm before I watched a lot of Power Rangers. I tried to confirm that this was the sound from the Power Rangers, and I Googled it, and a Reddit post brought me to this being a sound from the Land Before Time, which they they but they changed it a little bit. It's a little bit sped up in the Land Before Time than it is in this. So one. then you ended up with a bunch of like yarn on your wall from point to point. Yeah. I got, oh my I god. Got a yes. Real. Oh Pepe my god. Sylvia yes. Situation. Please yeah. make a yarn wall of all of the various uses of this sound effect. Yeah, I got real Pepe Sylvia with it. But the Power Rangers is literally the exact same one. But it's been used all over the fucking place. It's a freeware noise. Sure. So why not use it? Because. It's your monster's primary sound, and it's used to great emotional impact. I feel like you could... Is there any legal implication to taking... It's free. 
take it and then distort it in some fashion. Absolutely distort okay. it. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, frankly, in... there's no legal implication to using it exactly as is. If you yeah, want to exactly. Distort it, so you're there'd be no implication. To. Are we in middle? Are we in middle? Fully it in middle. Has yes. To be in yes. Middle. Fully in middle. I don't remember saying that. Okay. No, we, we might not right have. Jesus Christ, Jack. You got me all too messing with legal issues. Well, so say your middle thing. What do you have in the middle? That. What's your Malcolm? No, I have I have multiple. I mean, the, what's your Malcolm? I the, <laughs> how's that not happened yet? <laughs> the more <laughs> uh, the most obvious one we've already talked about almost ad nauseum. So I'm gonna blow by it, but I put the kid as annoying here because he's really annoying and it's really distracting. But I could not put it into what it does wrong because the movie needs to make a point about how fucking annoying this kid is for the mother's character's sake and. I am choosing to believe that that's a good performance out of the child and not just some annoying human. Therefore, middle for me. I know Mark would go wrong. I already know this. I did go wrong. And I think the big difference here is I don't give the script all that much credit. It it certainly compounds the issue if you are depressed and your kid is a shithead. But, like, it doesn't necessarily require the kid to be a shithead to be, you know, to be struggling in the situation, right? So yeah, but the mother was just an additional thing. choice they made of like, man, wouldn't it be even worse if this if yeah. Samuel was a fuck? Well, I think that's a real thing, though. I mean, the mother son dynamic in this is such that it the the motherhood aspect of it and the yeah, like, like given his guilt. environs, he's I mean, not they that put, much they of put a line, fuck. Yeah, they put lines in the movie too about it, right? Like I, this. All of this is like a, a tension point for her because she says it at the end where she's like, I wish you would have died and he'd be alive, right? Like, there is something to be said about that. So making him more annoying to lead up to that point really helps. Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. But he's still fucking I mean, annoying. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. It is what it is. It's a believable situation, but that doesn't mean, I mean, they went kind of... Oh yeah. At least as a, it, this movie doesn't really have a cold open, so it's essentially just like zero to let's sixty. Let's say this. Let's child. let's say this. I put it middle. Mark put wrong, or bad. Sorry. They no, wrong we, is the name of the. <laughs> we could we could have still understood exactly what they were trying to lay down with like I mean thirty five percent of the amount that we got. Yes. So yeah, they went hard on it. They went real hard in the paint on it. I don't have anything else that does middle. Oh, I do. Me neither. Let's move in. I got room. one more. Oh. I got one more. Uh, there are these interesting, you kind of mentioned this almost as potted into what you said earlier, Mark, but it's a slight difference for me. Uh, when she is possessed, the camera starts doing this weird focus maneuver where it like can't quite get there. It's almost like some of those really frenetic sequences that you get in Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, another movie about mental disorder. Yeah. It seemed like it was a tip of the hat to that a little bit. It was also really interesting. It was also something that stuck out like a sore thumb to me and didn't feel like it had a real home there. It definitely didn't need it. It definitely didn't need it. So, therefore, I put it in the middle. But it was super noticeable to me. I don't know about you guys. I liked it. I actively liked it. I was looking for the frame of the dick. (laughs) I'm (laughs) still not convinced it's not in there. Dead air. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? How do you guys have nothing to say to that? That was perfect. I I legitimately do not remember what I don't I don't remember that effect. It does that weird like super uh, shaky thing, like in her face, and then so it's out of focus, then it comes into focus. But it's shaky, like a quick earthquake. 
and it yeah, also like you're having, it's like, like, like Fight the same Club. Effect you it's use like to Fight like show Club. Someone's having a migraine. It's no, like but, Fight but, Club, and not even that, right? It it mark it. It brings the visual focus of the shot to a point that the camera's focus isn't on yet. So what your eyes are drawn to by the visual focus of the shot, by the natural framing of the shot, isn't what the camera is focused on yet. So you're a little bit discombobulated by it being a hair out of focus before it it wants you to be. I see. It just I, made me think of Fight Club, and therefore I looked for the dick. That's why, though. I mean, l- let me ask you this, though. Are you ever not looking for the dick? I already said, that's why, though. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> okay. So, what that... Uh, no. <laughs> You've ruined this one. Hey, boys, what does the movie do wrong? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, aside from... We, we have talked at length now about how annoying Samuel is. <laughs> this movie, though, as a whole, is Boy, incredibly wow. frustrating to watch because the first, I don't know, half is Samuel being a little shit. And then, as soon as he becomes, like, an acceptable character, Amelia becomes a little shit. Less of a little shit. <laughs> Someone's always a really annoying. Person. Look, I didn't have the same experience as you in watching it, but I can't argue with Someone you is the way always you really it. annoying. Yeah. No, yeah, there's... It's two bad characters that you have to focus on start so, to finish. Although that is... You know, that's the reason the movie works. It's also one of the reasons why... I mean, this is an incredibly fucking frustrating movie to watch. And I really can't go back and subject myself to it more than... I, 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 frankly, I'm already past my limit. I was going to say, you've already watched it four times. Okay. Yeah, and it's starting... I mean... Each time I've watched it, it's gotten just a little bit worse. That's like, not a good sign. I yeah. I want to I want to take some time off. I want there to be five years between now and the next time I watch this movie. Thank you. That's what I was saying at the start when I was surprised, and then I was surprised at myself. Like this came out in 2014. We're at a year clip. That's a lot. That's a lot. And of is viewings. that like a real 2014 where everyone could see it in 2014? Good or was question. That like a Shin Godzilla 2014 where it only released in, like. You know, Philippines in so, 2016, and then funny enough, a year and a half later. I I feel like I remember this existing before I moved to New England, which was actually the thing that spurred the creation of this site, as it were. So yes, but it might have still been 2015. Okay, first half of though. So it, at least it came out relatively soon. I do remember that this came out. This was in like the exact same release window as It Follows, which is kind of weird. Same year, Two movies for sure. that are heavily yeah. allegorical. That's interesting. Some... I remember this was this was a weird one-two punch of like a lot of people being like, "Whoa, horror movies are weirdly psychological now, and they have things to say." I then, you know, placed those two at very different times in my brain. I don't know why. No, I, I think that I I'm pretty sure that year. it follows came out at almost the exact same time. I think it's like six month gap, but yeah. What? Huh. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would have put It Follows like two years later. <laughs> it Follows is, oh, this is typical fucking horror movie. It, it Follows, follows was... parenthetically, 2014, release date, 13th of March, 2015. Mm. Still. So somewhere there. Clo- close <laughs> enough to, yeah, yes. Around the same time, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about one of the transitions of this movie because some of them are very good. Some of them are cool, like like that super sped up twitch thing of like Essie Davis trying to sleep or whatever and the under the covers yeah. thing at under night. The covers. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of hyperlapsing. But one of them like hard cuts to some clouds and then hard cuts back to her and her kid and it looks so bad. 
I don't even. And it makes me this. question the other transitions. Oh, I that's like the one I go to when I think about this movie. I'm I I am totally okay with that. I really disliked that on this mm. viewing. I don't even know what you're talking about. So we have someone who loves it, someone who hates it, and someone who has no idea. <laughs> How? Why do you? Why do you? Why do you hate it? Just because because of the other ones being interesting, like depictions of what's happening and transitions based on experiences the characters are having. This one is just like, ah, we couldn't think of what to do. So here's some fucking clouds and other stuff okay. that's moving fast. Yeah, that's and... true. It is like the most generic passage of time hyper. Mark... I mean, freaking, we had that in our high school parkour video. I was going to say, it's what we did in our video. parkour whoa, video. Whoa, that whoa, 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 whoa. Not the venue, boys. We are we are film festival winners, Jake. We want a film festival. We'll talk about it in a, in a Patreon cast. We won't show you. We're Panther Man. We might show you. We might show patrons. Maybe. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, That's literally level like a... four patron, though. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we'll have to find. I don't think we're on YouTube anymore. <laughs> I think we'll have to actually find a physical DVD. Luckily, I know the source. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a thumb drive in in Jake's childhood bedroom. No man, it's a CDR, not even a CDWR. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think go. it's on a thumb drive. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have to be a CDRW though. Oh, uh, that's I what I meant, not to. WR. Yeah. In any case, I didn't like that transition. It just was so different from all the other ones that felt careful. This one felt lazy. Um, can we talk a little bit more about the visual effects of the Babadook? I appreciate the design of him in certain scenes, and the simplicity is something that's like very resonant throughout your, just your day-to-day life. But also, they do a lot of other shit that looks fucking terrible. There are goddamn wings at a certain point. That are just sort of pulsating back and forth. The way she, the way he attacks uh, Amelia in bed is like this weird stop motion rotation. You didn't thing. like that. I liked I all that. Uh, you liked the wings. I liked all of it. I liked the different stuff. The just creepy vignettes. Um, I don't know if I liked all of it, but I don't think any of it looked that bad. What do you think of the the CG? Cra- I don't even know if it's CG or just stop motion like thing crawling around on the ceiling. Oh, I like I it. love that. That scared the shit out the of me. The bed scene was like one of my favorite scenes. Oh, okay. Uh, I did not like that as much. That's fine. The thing about it like that, that for I don't argument. particularly like <laughs> I, is I don't I feel like they're. Point. I don't feel like they're consistent in their like delivery of what the Babadook is, which I, I mean, I, that could be have thematic reasons, but like in a few scenes, he's this like 1920s, thirties vaudevillain character in a few other scenes. He's like literally a lump of clay rolling around on the ceiling. Yeah. In another scene, he's a dragon. Anthropomorphic goo sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, no, he's I whatever get he wants to be. He's, he's Aku when Aku has to go into the ground sometimes. I like Aku. And, and then there's, like also the scenes at the end, then uh, this no, is the universally a bad decision when it happens. But when he's just full on invisible, and a kid and, and like pulling people around in circles. And granted, that scene is fucking hilarious when he just keeps pulling Samuel. And oh shit! That no, I literally had that in what the movie does right, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really goddamn funny scene of scene, kid but getting thrown into like, the wall. The is funny. The movie probably good. shouldn't be funny. That is so good. He the thing that's great is hold on, I got to go back. We're in what the movie does right. She goes upstairs, the camera, I mean, it's like two seconds of him just standing there looking at her, and then he gets pulled against the wall. It's really and again, good. It's really and good. Again. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, twice, into the exact same spot. And I'm like, dude. Hilarious. Why was there, the, the funny part was the timing with the pause of where they're just looking at each other, and he's like, fuck. 
this is about to happen. Yeah. Uh. So oh, yeah, Jesus. then he gets pulled, and that. he comes back, and there's another pause where he's like, "Fuck!" And then he gets pulled again. It's, Honestly, you know what it reminds me of? This is a deep pull. Sorry. Um, there's a scene in Mary Poppins where they're cleaning up the house, yikes. and the kids just repeatedly get sucked back and forth into a closet. And I remember as a kid, I watched that and I cackled endlessly for like 25 minutes. That's a fucked that up is the movie, exact huh? like. That is the exact same feeling I got from like the just the. Just the way that scene is executed, it made me feel exactly. It like It kind of broke a little bit of fear stride for me, though. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like that. It's it's weird, shitty visual acting at the climax of the movie. Yes, it's a weird and it's place. funny. And like I would watch that scene in a vacuum many times because it's fucking hilarious. But yeah. it shouldn't be hilarious because it's they're fighting a fucking monster. Yeah. 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 Another thing kind of along those lines the movie does is the scenes where she's watching TV, right? And the things she watches on the TV actively bring me out. Now, I'm excluding the one that she and the Babadook are inserted into. But I'm talking about the first one and the last one specifically, where she's in these, like, trance states, and she's watching the most depressing fucking so things. so close to a station. I know, but she's watching. Can we station it? Let Mark blow the fucking whistle. Let's get to nitpick station. I I have one of these in there. And can I just add mine to yours? Please do. Continue. I have a question. Can someone tell me what is the scientifically proven gyration station? I don't know. What? But I guarantee you that actually was an infomercial. That was preposterous. (laughs) That was outrageous. Some of the stuff that's on the TV is... Ludicrous. And I have another nitpick about some of the specific uh-huh. stuff, but more importantly, like, yes, I like the creepy images I'm being shown. I grant you, they're creepy sequences. Uh-huh. I, I get it. Uh-huh. But, like, for a woman who is being creeped out by scary things, she's not going to turn on the scariest thing I've ever seen on a TV. She has, like, apparently huh. four channels. Turn on a fucking episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> Or we I think part of this, and I hope this is true, is just commentary on like the weird shit that's on at three a.m. Like they're they're talking a little bit about her just not being able to sleep, so you're subjected to like watch whatever infomercials are on any channel. Even in 2014, most stuff was on demand. But we also don't know what year this movie set in. Right, there's no cell phones. Semi modern day. There's no cell phones in it. Although I lived in New Zealand in 2010, and it was really hard to try to find things on the tv, TV. turns off at 11 it's, p.m currently <laughs> the funny thing is it's actually set in australia uh in 2035 <laughs> i refuse to believe they're behind new zealand but <laughs> but it's like just okay but even if it's in the fucking 80s when you have a crt tv like that it has to be at least in the 80s based on the cars uh-huh throw an episode of married with children that'll brighten your mood significantly <laughs> from whatever creepy bella lugosi horse shit you've chosen to watch instead yeah Dude, I don't know. They were, I spent a substantial amount of my childhood watching crazy fucking infomercials on TV at 2 a.m. But not to make and, yourself feel less scared. Uh, well, I mean, okay, valid point. That is Most valid. of them were girls gone wild. <laughs> that did not make me... <laughs> that like, that the, did not scare me. Mark, the marimba, this is, like, this bah, is bah, so <laughs> on point. This is so on point. I can't even fucking describe to everyone how on point this is. Those the funny thing about previews? those infomercials was it would it was on every channel. Like, it didn't matter what you were watching. It was just if you were... Commercials at 2 a.m. was girls gone wild and, like, 
a few other random gadgets. I'm trying to remember what the marimba song they played was, but all I can think of is the hand jive tune right now, so I can't uh, can't get there. I assure you it's okay. <laughs> yeah. And here's the good news. You get to see them naked. Just Yeah, generic marimba number three yeah. is, I think, the official name of the song. Mambo yeah. number five. There it is. Yeah, it's... It, it's a marimba cover of Mambo Number Jesus 5. Fuck. Which leads me to my next nitpick, which is part wow. of one of the sequences about, like, did Australia ever have 1-900 numbers for one, right? 911 isn't 911 in Australia. It's yeah. 000. So would a sex line have been a 1-900 number? I don't think so. And also, did yeah, Australia no. ever have those? I don't fucking know. I don't fucking think so. Why? Wait, why would they not have 900 numbers? They might have 1-900 numbers, but I don't think they'd be 1-900 numbers because they don't have 1-800 numbers that are toll-free numbers in Australia. Why not? They should. They toll-free. They do now, but they didn't before, like, 2005. Mm, So this is said in 2006. It it isn't, though, but it isn't also. Then (laughs) then my nitpick is that she has a CRT TV and a 1986 car in 2006. I think all that is My parents, hold on, my parents had their CRT TV until 20... It was after I graduated, so like 2012, 2013. No, that wasn't their primary TV. And then also, I have a legitimate nitpick with your parents based on that. No, it's fine. Well, whatever, fight me. Dude, I have... My parents have a CRT TV in the guest room that was my room still. Well, that's just a reflection of what they think about you. I think you. you're misremembering how long it took people to get, like, HD TVs. No, yeah. no. I mean, I bought a CRT TV in college with some poker winnings. But... Oh, humble brag number two. Yeah. yeah. I was going to fucking count them today. Humble brag. But I just mean, I don't think this was set in 2006. You. So here's the thing that I kind of find interesting is we're getting into an area that I did not expect for this. I didn't think about time when this exists in reality year-wise at all. But we were also talking about It Follows, and It Follows has some actual noted weird anachronisms yes, in it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's also trying to be a movie outside of time in some yes, ways. Yes, it is. And I think it this is, absolutely too. is I think this movie is, I too. I didn't think about that with this one. But it is. Which oh, okay. makes sense thematically if you're trying to make a larger point about how, I mean, you're not making a point about, you know, something new. This is something that has been afflicting humanity forever. For, forever, yeah. So might as well make it applicable. That's to one of those things about this movie humanity where... since the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Yeah, going back as far as 1981. That's one of those <laughs> things, though, about these allegorical movies is that you kind of explain anything and everything away with... <laughs> it's also a weird artifact of the time in which we presently live where, like, early 80s cars feel like they could be from any time. But, like, yeah, I'm pretty true. sure that looking back on this, this will it'll be very clear what time period this movie's from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's a valid point. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us along. Thank God. And say that um, the alarm clock sound at the very beginning is Leslie's alarm clock sound, my wife's alarm clock sound. Uh, and drop. there's nothing really worse in the world than hearing your alarm clock or someone's alarm clock sound in a thing you're watching, and kind of a part of your brain is expecting like, oh shit, I have to get up. What is that sound? Can you remind me? It was it's just a generic. No, just alarm just clock just sound. give me your sound. Her sound? Yeah. The alarm the clock sound. The beginning. Do it. It's just like a beep, beep, beep thing. That's Are just you an alarm. Are to do like some sound effects? Yeah. Oh, I did. I just did it. I Thanks. Yeah. Cool. You, you really fought the whole way, though. Asshole. I mean, on that point, though, I inadvisably love Jeopardy and decided for some fucking reason a few years ago to make my work email sound the Jeopardy, like, final Jeopardy, ba-boom. 
noise. So what do you think about the final Jeopardy it bet? It stresses me the fuck out no, 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 now. No, I'm talking tempor- like contemporaneous to now. What? You, what? <laughs> Ask the question the James, again. The James, James Holzhauer Oh, you want Jeopardy me to spoil bet. James Holzhauer lost? It's already known at the time of a recording. Ken Jennings point, can so. never be beaten, man. I love Ken Jennings so much. That dude rules. I feel like Holzhauer's run was more impressive. I disagree. It was it was more aggressive. We got certain. we got an MJ and a LeBron situation. It was less money and less total games. Classic MJ and LeBron yeah, situation. Except Holzhauer's kind. Except Holzhauer's done. He's he's kind of the he, LeBron. He's not getting back on Jeopardy. Well, yeah. I'll tell you this much. I've read both of Ken Jennings' books. One of them is the trivia almanac. Uh, and I haven't read any of James Holzhauer's books. So. Well, but you will in the next three years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's Maybe. good and goddamn guaranteed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow, that's enough Jeopardy talk. No, it's never enough Jeopardy. It's enough. It's Look at the run. I time. just wanted to. I, I just wanted to ruminate for a second on how fucking jarring it is to hear your native alarm clock sounds out in the that world. That is fair. I have a neat pick. Can I give you one? I have a real yes. nitpick. Then you go. Siri, Australia. Seriously, Australia? A fucking mime for a kid's birthday party? I don't care what year this is set in. No one likes it. It's mimes, not yet. set in 1919. No and thus, likes- a mime is the wrong choice for a children's birthday party. Would you have what got- the fuck? Would you have gotten a clown? No! Yeah, I, I would have also either. had a problem with the clown, but I have a bigger problem with a mime. I'm definitely getting bans for all my kids' shit. Life- no, 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 no. Hold on. Life goals for me now, specifically. Six year old's birthday whenever we have a kid definitely gonna have a mime you know i'm gonna like show up to your kid's birthday and just talk to like so a mime huh that's like what you do (laughs) as your whole thing you're you're a mime look 2024 in this scenario you can talk to me as much as you want but i'm gonna be trashed because it's my kid's six-year-old birthday (laughs) that's a weird occasion my kid's six-year-old's birthday (laughs) that is such a weird thing You got to be trash for your grandkid's six-year-old birthday. <laughs> Jack, there's a mime here. I'm definitely trashed. Oh, yeah, that I'll agree with. <laughs> I've never not been drunk I, and near a mime. Uh, well, look, now we're on to something because I haven't either, and nor can I envision a situation in which I'm sober around a mime ever in my life. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I can't fair. think We've of one. Got, oh, fan theory. Fan theory. <laughs> can I give a neat pick? God Please damn do. It. God Damn it, this kid has some decent weapons that he has ostensibly created for a first grader. He made those He's in up. ingenuity. Those His ingenuity rating is 10. That dart stuck into her, and the rock hurt her and broke a window. Yeah. The kid can make some shit for a little kid. She should yeah, be. He's, he's the Warner Von Braun of this movie. Yes. I mean, like, <laughs> he's an engineer extraordinaire. Why would there you go with that? There are people in this movie. Of course he is. And not a Rube Goldberg. Why would why would you just elect to overgo Rube Goldberg? Overgo. overgo. Yeah, that's, overgo. A, that's a word. That's how people talk. <laughs> oh man, we're a twelve cylinder machine firing on all of them right now. Hey, that's... when she takes the batteries out of the phone, she's like, "Fuck you, you're not calling anyone." I'm gonna take the batteries out of the phone and, and sets she them puts them on the counter. She sets them right next to where she sets the phone on the counter. Yeah. Put then, them back. Apparently, independent of that, she goes and cuts the cable. Like, why do the first one if you're just going to cut the cable? Yeah. And also, the first one was useless anyway, unless you're going to hold the batteries. Yeah. That's uh. why. You're two points you're arguing with. She, she did the first one symbolically, knowing full well that an eight-year-old knows how fucking batteries work. Oh, neat pick. the thing that would actually, like, fuck it up. Then it's a neat pick. Okay. Well, from a physics perspective, the book of the Babadook is... Like, she Doesn't shouldn't have work. been scared of what was happening anymore. She shouldn't have ripped this book up just purely to bring it to a college and be like, study this because 
I do not understand the mechanics by which they made this throat drip blood and they made all these other things, extra things happen in the back of this book. There aren't enough mechanisms in there to make any of those things happen. Uh, yes. Okay. But agreed. Hey, it's paranormal. I don't know what you want. While we're talking about the book, literarily, can we talk about the rhyming scheme of the fucking book? The syllables are all over the place. I like it. It's They're speed. inventing onomatopoeia. Has anyone ever ducked on a door before? Yes, Mark. Yeah, I loved it because it, it does sound like what happens and it scares Mark's me. Mark's just mad because it's not iambic pentameter. It's not iambic. Mark it's not only iambic likes pentameter. It's not even, Mark it's only not... likes 10 lines of 14 <laughs> syllables each. Or hold on, reverse it. 14 lines of 10 syllables each. You Which put your, yeah, no, no, no. You put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your friggin' riggin' flag map rip. <laughs> I think we found the intro. <laughs> hey, here's another neat pick. Essie Davis exhibits some laudable finger strength when she's trying to kick open his door. Yeah, she has a real climber's fingers. Yeah, she there. sure does. That, I want to know how they filmed that because uh, they put no a pull-up bar there. She just with, did that. Also with with uh, with cords, with cables. With yeah, they could have done that with oh, cords. A joist. I feel like they probably just put a pull-up bar there, and then the and then edited her fingers to look like they're. I Maybe mean, they were on the outside, option. though, right? You couldn't see them. I'm I, getting far from the I mic. No, like you she, definitely, had, you to definitely been, had to have been a cable I don't know. You, don't you know. see her full body when she's, like, hanging on to this transom by nothing and kicking the door. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I want to go back and watch that again. Yeah, that's, what, that that's what I'm saying. Is it, it has to have been a very well-executed cable harness. Yeah, it has to. I, I think so. Or, or, or she's, she just bouldered for, like, two yeah, years straight. Or she's a fucking great climber. Either way, it's cool. Yeah. Either way, yeah. it's cool. I doubt she's a climber. That's all I have. Okay. Mark. Uh, This is, okay, this is the last one I have, and it's pretty minor. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you did throw to me in a very eloquent manner, so I'll just, we'll end with this one. Thank you. The magic is all cute and is like a nice unifying theme throughout the movie and all, but at the end, where the fuck did he get that bird from? Dude, kid's a fucking regular David Blaine. Too. I mean, except for he, I ask it might be a he's pervert. not on the street. He might be a pervert like Dave Blaine. Hmm? Yeah, I don't you know. guys are blown right by my point. He conjures a bird out of thin air that his mom did not know was coming, which means she didn't buy it for I him. I think she knew. And also, was, think, why would you buy your fucking psychopath eight year old a bird? I think she knew about it. I think she bought him the whole magic kit with the secret. You have to Mark. You need a secret cloche. You need this whole magic cloche for this trick to work. Obviously she bought it for him. She bought the bird. She's just humoring him. His dance was weird. Of course. He danced for a long time. We have to go just, to ratings. And then the movie just ended. We have to go to ratings. For a long time. We have to go to the ratings. Movie just ended. I won't listen it to this ended after anymore. he danced. He ratings now. Oh. Dancing. A little bit we over at Easy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate Jess's ability to pronounce Batmobile. Okay, I just, I think it's Batmobile. Batmanmobile. Batmobile. That's what I said, Batman Mobile. You're putting the ma- there's no man, it's just Batmobile. Batman Mobile. Batmobile. Drop the man. Batman Mobile. Batmobile. Batman Mobile. And for ten, think about Gail Timlin would rate the level of confidence he's gained. But I've lost hundreds of pounds and gained hundreds of confidence. 
Story's the first category to rate these movies. This was my pick. I'm going to rate the thing for story, and I'm going to give it a seven for story. I think this is a really strong story that is interesting on several levels. One, it's it's cool just as a horror movie that exists, right? It's it's a good bump-in-the-night spooky horror film about a woman losing her fucking mind, and then there's extra stuff of maybe she wrote The Babadook, or she definitely did write The Babadook that I didn't see the first time that took so took some uh, to gathering to watch, and then there's added stuff on grief beyond that, so this is just really strong. Lose some points for the way it closes, but it's a 7. Mark? Yeah, I give it a 7.5. I think this is ultimately like, if you're watching this one today and you haven't heard of it before, the reason you're picking it up is because of the story. The general ambiguity of it all and the metaphor that's associated with everything is executed to perfection and is the reason that this has like the special place that it does. Right. That that is that is the sauce that's sprinkled over all of this movie that makes it work. Absolutely. And yeah, so it, it definitely needs to be in that upper quartile. Now, all that said, you fucked up the first 20 seconds of your 30 second plot synopsis and you still got through the entire plot in about 10 seconds. Right. <laughs> so there's not a lot of like additional things happening. It's a very simple movie. So it's not going to be any higher than this, but I mean like it doesn't really need to be overcomplicated or anything to sell what it's selling. Correct. Jake. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's perfect. Like where this movie shines from a story perspective is in that simplicity, but then you can start to apply that metaphor to it. Um, this movie, as we mentioned, is not going to be for everyone because as you get into how ambiguous it can be, it's a difficult thing to follow. And that's what keeps it from being like super, super duper high. Uh, but I, I gave it a seven. I'm no different than you guys, really. Yep. Which is going to lead us into world building and immersion and for which I also gave it a seven. Uh, part of this is points for the experience of the first couple of times I saw this, which was all the fucking way in. Right. Yeah, notably, Jack, you gave it a nine last time. Yeah, no, Dropped. absolutely. And because the first couple of times I saw this, I was goddamned in from start to finish. Now, there's stuff that's pulling me out now, mostly the um, like weird transition that I mentioned and also the TV sequences I don't think work particularly well, even if they are creepy. But this is a fantastically immersive movie, and I also think they do a really good job of establishing her house as a fucking depressing place. So it's a seven for me, Mark. That's a valid point. Uh, I went rather lower. I gave it a five and a half. This movie's... I I understand it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to like it or enjoy watching it. It's not... This isn't a fun watch for me, and as a result, it's not immersive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's hard Mm -hmm. to argue with. Yeah. Jake? Uh... I think I gave this a seven last time. You did. I'm dropping it a little bit. Each time I watch this, it's a little bit less immersive for me because I start to focus more on like the nuts and bolts of it. So I, despite my efforts to try to like view this with virgin eyes and ears, I can't really do that. Uh, I think there's something to be said for the fact that this is not one of those movies that gets better with viewing. 
multiple times. It it in I fact agree is that showing it that it gets a little bit yeah. more difficult. It gets a little bit worse every time. Yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. It. So I think that's I and the reason I say that here is that I think that this is the category that is most afflicted by that. So six and a half. I mean, it's a slight drop off, but I think if I were to continue to watch it, I'd be more taken out and more taken out and more taken out. So sure, which is going to take us into scare factor, and I'm going to give it a seven for scare factor too. Look, this is a scary fucking movie, especially if you watch this alone in the dark. Like this is a movie that hits you, and especially if you're impacted the way I was by the scenes that are meant to emulate some kind of depression that actually feel like that when she's breaking down and sure. with the camera from her perspective, you trying like feeling that too is ugh. so this is a, this is a hefty scare factor score for me. I think this is one of the scarier modern horror movies. Mark, I gave it a six. Um, I, I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence. I remember being more scared by this one when I first saw it. And now the things that linger for me are fleeting shots here and there. The scene that she sees the Babadook over her neighbor, that shit's creepy. The scene of the gloves and the hat on the ta- on the rack behind the cop is really creepy. And like I said earlier, honestly, the creepiest thing that sticks with me is the bring me the boy scene, which I think is mostly just a function of my own susceptibility to distorted voices. I, I, there isn't. I think after a number of viewings, this movie doesn't have the staying power that I want it to have. That's fair, but I guess the the other points that haven't come up yet that I really, really like are, one, the cockroach scene that's really scary is made doubly scary <laughs> by the fact that it's immediately gone when the social yeah, workers come into her Yeah, it just kitchen. fucking disappears. It's a great mindfuck. Yeah, that's a, so that fucks with me. I, I just I, I like that shit a lot. So, mm. Jake. Well, I gave it a seven. I agree completely. All right. This movie, this movie makes me think about it in the dark after it's happened, and that is the mark of a good horror movie. Absolutely. Uh, What's going to take us into effects or judicious lack thereof? And guess what? It's getting a seven for me. Um, Oh my god! (laughs) This this is a movie that I think is tremendous in the lighting and cinematography, right? It uses that shit really effectively, and you really notice the transition from the the gray-tone, weird, dark, transitory state to the happy, we've got the Babadook in the basement state um, of, of color palette. It's also, as I talked about earlier, laudable for its sound editing. And then the actual, like, effects that it does... Um, in terms of the the Babadook are are varied. None of them look actively bad. The only scene I think looks actively bad is the transition one, but that's not really an effects thing. It's a seven for me. Mark? I gave it a six, and I think we're basically on the same page. I th- the big difference here is that like the artistic choices they made with how to represent the Babadook, you guys liked, well, I guess I should just say Jack liked, and I it didn't really resonate as much with me. So those things that are fractions of a second, but in the middle of a like relative climax of the movie, you know, that, that that's enough to warrant like a full point lower, but yeah, on, on balance, this is a good looking movie. So I gave it a six. Yep. Jake. Yeah. I gave this a six and a half because I kind of have to. Why? Because I have to be in the middle of you. It's the joke. Okay. It's the joke. I no, it. I actually did give this a six and a half. Uh, if there's a reason that I am in between you two though, it's that they had a perfect opportunity to utilize some ACDC here. And then they did not. <laughs> like walk all over you would have been a perfect choice and they just didn't do it <laughs> they should have just used who made who you know uh no that that one's already taken they even had, oh. could have had a cool scene of the kid turning it on like a record when he's about to fight the monster or something there would have been yeah. something cool and they yeah. didn't so that's why it's six and a half for me it could have been higher no i hey i agree with everything you guys have said uh acdc would have bumped it up though 
<laughs> it's gonna take us to overall. I'm bumping it up a point. I'm giving it an eight for overall. I really like that this movie. Tilt. I think this is an important movie. I continue to be scared by this movie, which is something that's kind of unique. And I agree with Mark that I like it less every time I see it. But this is a great movie. It's an important one for the horror genre, and I like it a whole lot. Mark, I gave it a six, which is pretty much on balance with what I think. It's a slight tilt down. Um. And this is a fourth viewing six. The first time I would have yeah. watched it, it definitely would have been higher. I just don't think this movie... It's not that it doesn't age well. It's just that it doesn't repeat well. I Like I said, I want to take a hiatus from this movie. I don't want to watch it until 2025 or something like that and then revisit it. See what it happens. Yeah. And see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but as it stands, just the general nature of it where it's frustrating. And, and that's what they're going for, right? Like the thematic element of mental illness or whatever it is, is inherently frustrating. That doesn't necessarily mean it makes an entertaining movie. Right. So like you kind of have to be in the right mindset to dive into that. And if you're just sort of forced to watch it because of a schedule you're on or because someone in your family wanted to watch it or something, this hypothetical, that doesn't really, that doesn't really work in this situation. I want next time I watch this, I want it to be just like, I want to sit down and be like that movie would, I'd vibe with Yeah, right you now, want to want to watch it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Jake. Yeah. I gave it a seven. This movie is one that I I agree with both the points you guys have made. We've made them throughout the podcast here. I think it's a very worthwhile film to take the leap and watch if you have not already. If you're here, you have. What the fuck? But from a modern perspective, this is a very interesting watch. After you've seen it once, you probably don't need to go back for quite some time. So we have. We all have. Uh, you can kind of see the effects of that throughout the podcast here. But it's one that you should definitely watch It's to get to the next thing. Qu- quick thumbs up from this guy. Yeah, thumbs up from me too. Yep. Here, here. <laughs> here, here. Which is going to let us to get the fuck out of here. Or- let us? <laughs> it's going to let us to get the fuck out. Something like that. Jack, dude, that was a garbage sentence. Okay, we'll do it, though. Uh, this has been episode 138 of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on our social media channels. Those are Facebook and Twitter, and those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, guys, if you want to support the podcast, Patreon. It's still relatively new. You can get in on the ground floor, be a real hipster with it. A lot of cool things that we're doing for Patreon, but hey, if you don't want to, you can't afford the, the the monthly fee, that's totally cool too. We're not going to change anything that we're doing here on the main podcast. As always, the music's been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. We're watching the fire Brandon festival. Fraser Mummy. Oh, shit. Oh, my That's straight God. fire. You can already tell what's happening, guys. You can already tell how we're going to treat this one, and you He's should be excited. man. This is going to be good, and it's going to happen one week from today. And until such then, a hunk. Oh. until then, you should get your beers and get your buddies and go and watch your horror movies. And you should have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. You put your yeah no 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 you put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. It's your flagging rigging flag map, nerd.